Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shit house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out I'm going to start this off a little differently this week. So, Neil and I and our band, For the Kings, have uh, completed an album of songs that we are going to release now. Uh, the release date is May the 1st. We have a single that's going to be released on April the 3rd. The album is called Turn It Off. The single, we don't know yet, TBD. <laughs> which Neil will talk about later. Okay, okay. I thought it I thought it was D, but I guess it's TBD. How many songs on the album? <laughs> 11. Nice. 11. The idea was to be 10, but we did an intro for the first song and we split that up. I was going to say I thought it was 10, so, but yeah. But <laughs> moving on from the For the Kings release again on May the 1st, the album is called Turn It Off. I was having a conversation with a friend. I, I think we talked about this the last episode about the Cure being on tour. Mm-hmm. And my buddy was telling me, you know, he listens to the pod, and he was just like, "You guys definitely prefer the '80s to the '90s." And I was like, "Yeah, we've probably done more '80s songs than '90s songs." I think, and that got me thinking. It's like, okay, because I I was very young in the '80s, so. Like and I have older siblings, so I re- I know a lot of '80s music and and I was thinking, but the '90s were kind of my grow up period. But now that I'm older, I do feel like I listen to and appreciate '80s music more than '90s music. And I was wondering what you guys, if you guys agree with that or not. I don't think '90s music has aged well. Is is my my premise here? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. When you uh propose that question um yeah i feel like 80s is much stronger and i grew up in the 80s but i also think the 80s is when music kind of became almost you know it's been a while but what it is now there was a transformation from the 70s to the 80s just with mtv and just exposure and the talent that was going around it was just a it was a meeting of exposure and great artists in the 80s 90s are great, but just not quite as good. Synths, I feel like, had such a powerful impact, too. Synthesizers in, in, in a big way in the 80s. Yeah. But I, I, I agree. I think, like, there's more lasting bands from the 80s than there are. Or, you know, I could go back to more 80s stuff at any time than I could with 90s, I feel like. Do you think it's because, like, I feel like pop was more defined by rock in the 80s, and I feel like it started to turn in the 90s to where a lot of rock you were hearing in the 90s felt like more like college alt like college station rock mm-hmm. is yeah. is what i think the 90s kind of come down to because if you think about it like if we're talking in a rock and roll setting like what is the band what would be the rock and roll band you would think from the 80s uh, bon jovi's got to be up there oh interesting first first take bon jovi neil um Talking Heads. Ah, talking Heads. Interesting. That was that was like another choice that I was going to go with. Because they started in the 70s, but yeah. they kind of, yeah. you know, I think a few of their bigger hits were 80s. Yeah, I mean, I think they became a giant band in the 80s. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Josh, to your earlier point, I think that um, in the 90s, is when selling out became a thing. I feel like in the 80s, it was like, fuck yeah, let's go sell out. Like, like I don't know. There wasn't, like, everyone, you just wanted to make it. Like, there wasn't that kind of back turn towards well, starting. Rock in the 90s was almost a pushback against certain aspects of rock in the 80s, right? I mean, because you have, I mean, even, like, some people maybe may say Guns N' Roses was a 90s band, but their best stuff was released in the, in the 80s, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I consider them an 80s band for sure. Right? And... When I think of 80s, just answer that question, answer my own question. Um, I would say U2 would, would be the one that I think about the most. 
or Metallica. I think those are like the two big rock and roll bands that I think about that have lasted, you know, until I mean they're still yeah. around today. But their best stuff that they came out with was I would definitely big in the 80s. definitely say the Cars too, pretty big in just the eighty sound. Okay, so when you think of the nineties, what do you think of? Other than Nirvana, <laughs> yeah. I would have to go Nirvana. I would have to go Soundgarden for me, just because like they're just a special band to me. Chili Peppers, Chili even Peppers though Peppers would be '90s. Yeah, I think they're I think they're more '90s than they are yeah, absolutely. '80s because absolutely. Blood Sugar was was '91. Uh, yeah, I think you know Pearl Jam yeah. would be up there for me. You know, you'd have to throw the Pumpkins in there. I think you probably would have to put Radiohead and then as a '90s band as yeah. well, even yeah. though that's debatable. Um, whether they were an alts band, but I think OK Computer, The Bends, Creep all came out in the 90s. But, and and then like, uh, the the roster is so deep in the 80s as well. I mean, you got Springsteen was putting out, mm-hmm. you know, hit after hit. Prince was doing his thing. Uh, you know, Madonna to a certain extent, even though she may be considered more pop. I mean, the 90s is like, once you get down into the depth, it's like, okay, Dave Matthews, mm-hmm. Counting Crows, which, you know, are not bad bands, but I would not put them on the same level as, yeah. you know, you can the just, fifth best band in the, in the 80s. You can just no, keep going with sure the 80s. Not. Like, Dire Straits, huge. Like, even even after you get past the I, first 10. You said huge. I thought you were going to say Huey Lewis in the news. <laughs> well, I, yes, throw them in there. I Hell got yeah. that sense as well, yeah. <laughs> Hauling Oats. <laughs> yeah, Hall and O's, Pat Benatar was kicking it, you know, Joan Jett. Well, yeah, Joan Jett was doing her thing, the Pretenders. It, it's, it, but it's it's weird to think about it because I I think we all probably, our formidable years were in the 90s. Yeah, for but, sure. Definitely. For sure. But I think uh, 2 through 12 I, in the 80s. So it was very, um, <clears throat> you know, it shaped kind of my young mind of what music is. 90s is when I, you know, I was trying to find the bands that weren't selling out (laughs) it's just weird to think like we we do this pod and we do a lot of songs from many different decades i mean rock if you say rock kind of started in the late 50s i would say the 90s may be the weakest decade maybe the teens of of this century i would agree for rock and roll for rock and roll well and and it's funny the 90s like the the first couple years were amazing and then it just kind of tails off I have to agree with that. Yeah, but like how, how, and this is a question I always have for folks, like how often do you go back and listen to Nirvana records? Mm, I'll put it on while I'm driving. I'll definitely listen. Yeah, I'll listen to some Nevermind for sure. There's so many great songs on there that I love to just rock out to while I'm driving. Yeah. Play some some drums, air drums. (laughs) Every once in a while, I'll I'll put them on for sure. I did actually two weeks ago. When we were going to talk about girl songs, and I listened to About a Girl, and then I started going on a Nirvana deep dive. I, I never like go for, back to them. I mean, for me, like, 91, I started high school, graduated in 94, so those years, it was just like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, so... Yeah. Everybody still had their, all those guys still had their hair long, but they weren't wearing makeup anymore. <laughs> they were rocking flannels tied around yeah, their waist, yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know? They were much cooler in that one. Holy jeans, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm not talking jeans blessed by Christ. I'm talking yeah. about actual. Thoughts holes. were arriving like butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> and you, I think I think well, Metallica definitely has carryover, though, because they're black album yeah. was their biggest album so that's true mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. and i think Lo- i think loaded i mean unforgiven too was a big song for me growing up yeah yeah <laughs> again a lot I, i've said this before on the pod the grunge music i don't think holds up well i think pearl jam kind of transcends it because they were able to grow out of it nirvana never was right. unfortunately uh Soundgarden really never was alice in chains never was like yeah so. yeah i mean well nirvana aged well it, but they weren't able to like yeah, mature as a band, no, to like yeah, a, yeah. a fifth album where they were able to try other mm-hmm, stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? They redefined rock and roll to a certain extent. Yeah, totally. In a in a certain genre and a certain put certain pushback against what was going on in the eighties that I don't think. But I think the lack I, of I don't the think lack of that time. that lack of that fifth album also just creates like the the mystery towards the whole sound you know what i mean it's almost like you listen to nirvana and you think about what could have been and how good it was 
Well, Jordan, this is your final week with us. So we have a thing that we do with our guests. And I actually don't know this about you, so I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your answer. But we always ask our guests uh, on their third week, do you play an instrument? Have you ever played an instrument? Yeah, I play bass. You play bass? I play okay. bass, yeah. I did not know that. Not, a, not as often as I'd like, but, uh, you know, two times a week or around something like that. Sometimes less. So you less. still play today? Yeah. And when did you start? Uh, 16. Oh, so you've been playing since you were younger. Yeah. I've never played, I've never really played with bands or anything, just kind of messed around on my own and, you know, nothing's ever, no situations have really presented themselves where I've played with any, anybody else, like a couple times here and there, very rare. Yeah, I've also taken like a few piano lessons. I have uh, all my dad's recording equipment set up in my guest room at the moment because he was a musician. Oh yeah, that's right. He was a recording musician, right? Oh yeah, he did, uh, I mean, his whole life, he uh, recorded for TV and film, um, he played Was with... he ever in bands, or was he more of a session guy? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I haven't shown you when he played on uh, on Soul Train with Johnny Guitar Watson. Um, you have, and it's awesome. Uh, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a legendary clip, this, this song they play is uh, A Real Mother For Ya. <laughs> a and, Real uh, For Ya, yeah. And, and he's on keys... Um, he also toured with uh, Weather Report a little bit. Uh, Joe Zavanu was his mentor. Ah. Um, and and your dad's name? Matt Ender. Can you find him? Uh, like if you put in his name on like YouTube or like Google, is he has it two? Yeah, he also has two um, albums on Spotify. These uh, two Celtic New Age albums. Oh yes, I've listened to one of those. Yeah, That's they're right. really they're really great. They're really uh, awesome. what are the names? Uh, one is called Ancient Isle, and I don't know why I can't remember the other one right now, but they're both on there. Interesting. Um, Great. Yeah. So anybody listening, check it out. Uh, yeah, it's really fun stuff. He's a you know New York Jew who uh, found himself in Ireland and got super inspired, and it was the late 90s, and so he went uh, the Celtic <laughs> Celtic New Age route. Nice. He got into the Irish uh, folklore. Yeah. And then I'm sure you you've heard some of his stuff too, um, watching sports because he had stuff in music libraries that they would use for little bumper music for like NHL and you know Fox Sports. Sweet. So he had a bunch of cues there. He did uh, did some cartoons in the '80s. He did a show called Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestlers. I watch that. I watch that. Animated cartoon. Yeah. He, oh he, yeah. He had, he had music on there. Oh. Excellent. Okay. Okay. So, wait, well, get back to you for a second. What's your favorite song to play? Uh, favorite song to play. I mean, the one that I learned the most recently that's pretty easy to play is um, the Krungbin song. Um, man, I can't remember the name of it. They're all the same. Uh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't I, matter. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a great bass player, and oh, and and learning amazing. learning some of her licks are awesome. Some Talking Heads tunes I've learned as well. That's been fun. Nice, nice. What is one of the songs you like first learned that you were? Oh, let's see. Oh, um, Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction. Ah. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't even think I knew that was the name of that song. I definitely didn't. And speaking of other things that I didn't know, uh, on that <laughs> note, you are listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you. And this week, we were talking about things that I did not know about before this week, because this week we were talking about Ween's Mutilated Lips uh, from their 1997 album, The Mollusk, written by Dean and Gene Ween, and produced by Andrew Weiss, and released on Electric. I make my So this is a song that like I share with some friends if they want to be introduced um, to Ween for the first time. It's usually the album more than just this specific song, but mm-hmm. I, I love that, this. Yeah. I love this song because it's right, you know, smack dab in the middle of their of the album. It's like this album is right in the middle of their career too. It's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they just their sound kind of developed. They still mm-hmm. have a bunch of their weirdness going on. But it's also super melodic and beautiful, and it's like, it's almost like a love song in a lot of ways, uh, just mm-hmm. like the tone of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, they do mention that. It's like a love song about this ugly girl, <laughs> and it's also about <laughs> drugs. 
What? No. <laughs> no. You don't oh, say. Oh, now it say. makes sense. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Dean Ween's favorite album, and this particular song is one of his favorites that they, that they wrote together. It's got a nice flow, like some people have asked. Yeah, I think one friend, at, or maybe a couple different friends, um, asked, like, okay, what's the best Ween song to do a whip it to, Jordan? <laughs> and I've, on several occasions, said uh, Mutilated Lips. Nice, nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I actually had a note about whippets when I was uh, talking about this song, and I haven't done a whippet in... I don't know, almost 30 years. I haven't done one since the Ween show. <laughs> <laughs> Whip it for Ween. I had never heard this song before this week. I never really got into this band, to be honest. I heard the country album, basically because of you, Jordan. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have heard like a, a track here and there by them that I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But I never like stop to be like all right let me let me go back and get into ween's catalog it was kind of yeah. a band they were kind of a band from the 90s that were almost like tool for me it's like yeah I, I didn't get into them at the time you don't have the time for it i don't i don't want to do it now yeah I, and i still don't really know what tool even sounds like so i don't know if they're similar at all no um, no nope. <laughs> <laughs> but but i will say jordan i don't know if you know this but i listened to the album Whatever song we do every week, the day of the that we do this, I listen to the full album, and the, yeah. I listen to this album today, and it's great. Mm -hmm. It really puts you in like an intoxicated space and mm -hmm. makes you a little dizzy. Like it gives you a little like what do they call that? Like boat feet, or where yeah. you're like on a boat. Well, yeah, yeah, you you're, like you're rocking. Yeah, you're a little seasick. You know, that's the theme of the album. Is a very it's a yeah, you know, oh, yeah. They wrote it down by the water. Oh, it's um, bubbly, and oh, I'm yeah. not talking champagne. <laughs> I forgot it but. started with that dancing in the show, which is. Hilarious. Right, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a kid song. But and, and I will say, you know, every song in the album has something about it that kind of there's a part of every song that sticks out that makes you be like, oh, this is cool. Mm -hmm. um, even though some of the songs kind of seem a little bit of novelty, but it, it, they work together well. I mean, it's almost like a '90s alt rock Yellow Submarine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I feel that you know this song stands out because of the i don't want to say specificity of the lyric because it's it, i mean there's a lot of specific lyrics i mean that it feels like they just find a nice melody and like a good tuning and they're just like whatever let's find some work right? <laughs> fresh prime uh, but like the, the lyric here it's very descriptive it's it's very slimy if i could say yeah, use that it's as, super as, slimy um and it definitely reminds you of a bad trip it, like overall it's a bit absurd and grotesque but it has this like beautiful guitar riff that like counteracts the bad trip you're having or whoever's having. Yep. And it does create this weird ambience that like, you know, I've had a bad trip before. I don't want to be there, but like this bad trip with that, with the music behind it, kind of like, you're kind of like, all right, I'll explore this for a little you're, bit. You're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna but, get but, like, I don't, I don't want to be there longer than like the song is, but I'm happy to be there while the song is going on for that alone. You know, it, it, it's a fun song to explore a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And to what you were saying, Josh, I mean, it's like a trip because it is beautiful and disgusting all at the same time, <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> And Jordan, you're really trying to scare off the normies here with this one. It's it's pretty crazy. I would agree with that. It's not it's not the most um, user friendly song, but well, it is. Well, you in mentioned some ways too. like if if someone asks like they want to hear some Ween, this is this would not be on my top ten of what I would show <laughs> yeah, them. Be like Gabriel or Voodoo Lady or <laughs> something that's a little more accessible, um, or even off of this like Blarney Stone, which is also a weird song. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, there's. I love this album. I love this song. I love Ween. And I, I, I couldn't believe, uh, after doing a little research, that this was the lead single off that album. Which is <laughs> right? like, wow. <laughs> but I do think it was a fun choice because I think, Jordan, you mentioned it, like, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got their beautiful melodies. It's got their creativity. It's got their um, really weird lyrics without getting too weird because sometimes they can, like, just really scare people away. This is kind of in the middle. In the middle? Yeah. You, eh, you haven't heard it's, it's, all the ween, dude. Yeah. They're not talking about, like we mentioned before, spinal meningitis getting you down. Yeah. Yeah. 
or or a, they can or get a we, they can get weirder than this. Long. They can get weirder than this. You you should have seen my girlfriend's kids when I played this for them tonight. They were like, "What's <laughs> going on? What did he just say?" But no, it's cool, and I think it's good too because like the contrast of the acoustic guitars and then all the effects and the, there's a there's a ton of stuff going on here. But at its core, it is a cool, simple acoustic melodic song. You know? it, it's weird that like the my favorite parts of the song are very small things so i would say number one a would be the upstrokes on the acoustic in the verses mm -hmm. right there's like this there's like this weird like vocal effect they're using which kind of makes it super trippy outside of the words and then you just have like this lovely little kind of like acoustic you know weird tuning that he's doing it kind of this may be a stretch, but it's almost like the beginning of each verse line is like the Matrix, the Matrix guy, like going back mm -hmm. and like the bullets flying over him. <laughs> oh, I can and see that. And then that little acoustic kind of brings you back to where you're standing <laughs> on your feet. But you got that goofy little grin on your face, like you just did a whip it, you know, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> like you went away for a second and now you're back and you're feeling pretty good. They brought you back with like a nice little, just a little like tease of a dump, dump, dump. Little and soothing, little <laughs> soothingness to bring to bring you back down. Yeah, which is what they do, which is very effective throughout the song. I would say the guitars in general do that throughout the song. Yeah. I love that. I love the, the subtle percussion that they have too, like the whatever hand uh, percussion that they're playing. That kind uh, of. It, that's definitely bongos. I, I'm not a huge fan. Of you don't like it? Interesting. It Just bongos works. in general. It works because it gives it like a beachy feel, you know. And if you're if you listen to the album and you understand that there's kind of an ocean vibe going on there, mm -hmm. it it works. I think that's what's yeah. That's why they did it. But if you listen to it standalone, I think you're like, what is this? A Jack Johnson song based <laughs> in like 1992. <laughs> Um, yeah, Josh, I, with the acoustic, I know what you're talking about. My favorite part is like right before the pre-chorus where it does that. There's a lot of like pull and bringing you back. And they do that extremely effectively. Like I, the, the song itself, when the first couple of times I listened to it, I was like, Jesus Christ, Jordan, why did you pick this? <laughs> I don't want to fit, fucking listen to this for two weeks, but after listening to it for two weeks, it, it gets it, stuck it in your head. It slowly sure. grew on me, and it gets stuck in my head. Uh, the verse is more so than the chorus, I would say. Yeah. The the second thing that I really like that they do in the song when they do, I'm gonna call it the pre-chorus. Calm it down, mm -hmm. down, 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 down. It's very like Pink Floydish, you know. They got mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. everything is turning brown. brown. You know, and so th those are the two things that like stuck with me after the song. Mm -hmm. um, Everything's turning brown. Well, that's great because brown is the sound of Ween. Uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sailing Brown Bay to Chocolate Town. Exactly. <laughs> you know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about Jordan. You mentioned the melody. What sticks out to you about the melody in this song? It's just really pretty. It's just soothing. Feel it's uh, always something I can put on and makes me feel good. And but what happens when it goes to the chorus? Yeah. That is not yeah. a soothing melody. Not at all. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. Because you're right. Oh, the verse and the pre-chorus are yeah, just very like maybe just both of those it, fighting. Like it's a, it's a beautiful melody, and then it goes to that, and then it brings you back and forth, almost like the push-pull thing you were talking about. Well, yeah, the whole song is a is is a tale of contrast, right? Yeah, you know, it's a it's like a Caravaggio painting is is the black and the and the light, Caravaggio, you know, and then this dude. is like the fucking. I can't believe you just dropped Caravaggio. I don't even know Caravaggio. So... You do, you would if you saw I'm one sure, of his paintings. Okay. okay, because this song for me is all about. Oh man, everything is turning brown. Mutilated lips, you know, and it's just like, what? <laughs> Why? Oh, like, oh, yeah, you're still well, having a bad trip. It's, gotcha. It's, and it's funny, the chorus is so dissonant, even when uh, we all watched that little uh, video where Gene was showing us, or is it, no, Dean was showing us how yeah. to play it 
and the chords in the chorus are just like whoa like if you hear them without any singing you're like it goes to that a what that's fucking weird i don't know you're gonna have to tell me how to play that chorus by the way sure sure because i watched that video where he talks about the tuning he's like oh yeah you just tune the a chord up to the g and the g I popped two strings trying to do that last night. Oh, it shit. It down, dude. What do you mean? And it's at an A. It just needs to go down a full step to G. I don't know. My tuner must have been fucking me up because I definitely popped a string Jesus. last night. You were trying <laughs> to tune way he should... all the way up to the next octave of G? Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's what I did. <laughs> of course you brought... <laughs> That's me. You probably, I'm surprised you didn't hurt yourself. Mutilated lips give a kiss on the wrist of the But seriously, chord-wise, it isn't a weird tuning, but there's not that many chords. I mean, the the, the verse, the verses are—it's just two chords. Um, I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. very beautiful mm-hmm. the, the way the two chords interact. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. then when you get to the chorus, it's just like, where does come from? What? Yeah. Why? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you can tell that they knew that because they solo over the verse which is not always the case. Usually you're going to kind of solo over the chorus, but like right. they solo over the verse because yeah. it's the And that's where the, the melody gets to shine. Yeah, I do love that solo too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. I mean, one thing you can count on with Ween is some damn good guitar playing. Um, mm-hmm. And that solo... Yeah, the tone is great. Tone is great, and it almost... It sounds polished and a little nervous too. You know what I mean? There's a couple notes where you can feel him like sliding down feeling for the right note. He's like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's cool when you can that's hear that. D- that's dinner for you. But even going back to that contrast, if the song is about a bad trip, that electric guitar, and to a lesser extent, the keys and the synth ground you during the song. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. if what they're trying to do with the vocal effects and that chorus is kind of be like, oh my god, this shit's fucking crazy. That stuff is kind of always there to kind of be like, all right, calm down which you yeah. know, he says in, in the first line of the pre-chorus, which is very nice. And moving on to the lyric, <laughs> let's get into it, because I think that's the thing that's... I mean, if you start off a song with, I lick my brain in silence... Where do you go? Yeah, where do you go from there? <laughs> where do you go from there, exactly. I would say that's that's got to be my favorite lyric, or the other one that you mentioned. You know, I said, please calm it down. Everything is turning brown. Uh, well, because that's, you know... Yeah. Just references, references ween... In a, in, a, in a nutshell right there. Yeah, I mean, the lyrics are crazy. I didn't know them all, and reading through them earlier today, I never knew they said midget man provoking violence, which is just <laughs> so good. <laughs> like, what? Well, minus that line, I do think the first verse does an exceptional job of drawing you into whatever the world they're creating is in this song. You know, whether it's a bad trip or it's about a, an ugly girl or a girl that they see while on a bad trip and it obscures her you know features or whatever it's definitely like the the first line kind of tells you this song is not for the weak of heart really like you know if i lick my brain in silence uh-huh. you, you can get out now yeah right yeah. And, <laughs> this is a good chance it, it's just gonna get weirder from here and it really is psychedelic lyrics but it's not like 60s psychedelic it's like 90s alt rock psychedelic well truly (laughs) psychedelic (laughs) we've evolved from the 60s to to Um, whatever this is jordan what are your thoughts and how you how do you or ween defend the the line about find me the skull of holly selassie i so like so that was so i i would look that up there is it's like a 17th century uh, like an Ethiopian yeah, well, novel, it's, it's, novel about some like Irish lassie. I know, like but but why are they mentioning Holly Selassie? I, the, like the same guy that Bob Marley was always <laughs> referencing. Oh really? Yeah, Holly Selassie. I, yeah, oh, I, yeah, like uh, <laughs> hilarious. It was I a shout out to it's Bob. A sh- it's a I, I think up. maybe um, I think I think that's probably why it's in there. They may have been tripping and be like, "Yeah, find me the skull of Halle Selassie." I Rastafari. I, w- I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, especially with that eye. Yeah. Oh no. And the, yeah, that's how Bob Marley said it. I. <laughs> yeah. But but for me, that the lyric, like, okay, 
you know, the chorus is just kind of grotesque, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There, there's a flow to it that is really nice, but like mutilated lips, mm -hmm. worm-like tips, tentacles, mm -hmm. fresh brine. <laughs> you know, I mean, all of those things are just like slimy and gross. And then he goes from like the first verse where it's pretty inward, it feels like. It's like, I am in my mind right now. I need to get out. I need to calm down to this. What the fuck are you talking about? Second verse of laughing lady, living lover, you sassy, brassy, lassie. <laughs> my favorite line is to give me shoes so I can tapsy. I laugh every time I heard that just because it's such an absurd um, thing to say. And just, yeah, one. But is he trying to dance with someone now? Like, did he go from being inward to be like, okay, now I'm just going to try to dance with this girl with mutilated lips. That's kind of how I see the song, which is humorous yeah that's that's where the trip has taken him yeah well one more thing i was just going to mention about that verse in the holly selassie eyes i love in the guitar solo he does that too he does the eye he totally does oh nice and just to 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 go back to say a line with sassy in it and sound sassy doing it without trying. Sassy, frassy, lassie. <laughs> sassy, frassy, lassie. I mean, just saying that, you can just picture someone saying that, like, in general, you sassy, frassy, lassie. That yeah. is a sassy statement, whether you are a sassy person or not. You say that, you're being sassy. You're being right? sassy. <laughs> you can count on them for being sassy. Because I do think kind of the standout of the song has got to be the production, which I think it's collaborative. The producers, Andrew Weiss. Who they, who they were in like a huge beef with at the time, hmm. actually. Yes, you sent that thing. I, I, I read about that. But he was a bass player in kind of the punk scene in L.A. mid to late 80s. Uh, he was in the Rollins band when it formed. Um, then he got kind of in with Ween early and kind of worked on their first two albums and they wanted to do something without him and did it did this and he hated him and then they went back to him and were like hey we need you to mix this and yep. he hated him but he was like this is the best stuff you've ever done and he did it and he did a fucking a fantastic job because the production in this really holds the song together mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. ages all of these elements the dissonance you were talking about Neil the effects I don't know who did what yeah. You know, it sounds like maybe they kind of put all the effects on and then he just kind of mm -hmm. made sure that it all worked together. But it really, you know, the contrast comes through in the production, I think. Yeah, and to be able to mix that chorus in and make it make it all make sense, you know, is, is mm -hmm. great. I, I thought I heard a theremin in there, maybe. Do you guys know what that is? No. The thing's like, oh, it's not? No, it's just there's it's guitar. It's just keyboard? Keys, guitar, bass drums and maybe well there's synth. yeah there's that that, that sound that goes well, yeah that's a synth it's a, the synth it sounds super close to a theremin though mm -hmm. it's very similar the musicians on this are dean ween and gene ween guitar vocals engineering dave drywitz on bass glenn mcclellan on keyboards and claude coleman jr on drums percussion also engineering uh, additional musicians are Mean Ween on bass. I don't know which one played the bass on here. Kirk Miller, Sound Effects, and Bill Fowler did some guitar and bass as well. I don't know well, who Sound did Effects song, could mean a lot of things. Because <laughs> there's a lot going on uh, that I can hear, even, like, even in the recording process. It may not be listed. Sound Effects could be a catch-all for theremins and the like but, but if you but if you think about it, the music the, the the musical aspect of it is very simple it is a mm -hmm. like you could basically think that this was a hippie band from the 60s or an early 90s grunge band kind of together same orchestration all of the weird stuff i think comes from the vocal effects because they put they do so much with whatever's going on with the vocals to have that stuff again to come back to it again all of the orchestration is kind of the grounding of the song, whereas mm -hmm. the lyric and the vocal effects are like, let's take you to another fucking dimension. The music, it's the orchestration itself is what you would hear in really any song at that right. time. 
Yeah, right? exactly. That's a good point. I was just thinking that I could hear like Stone Temple Pilots having having a song similar to that. You know, some of their acoustic stuff. Yeah, kind of yeah. kind of <laughs> sounding <laughs> that way. Mm-hmm. And the vocal in and of itself. I mean, the way to make the decision to just distort your vocal in a way that is so different in different parts of the song. Yep. Which I guess is a thing that they do. You um, can't really define Gene Ween's voice. You know, every, every song on every album, he has something different mm-hmm, to, to mm-hmm. his voice. It's like a hidden mistress. It's like, you don't know which one is which. He's got like a, con- <laughs> he's got a concubine of voices, right? <laughs> he does. He's just fucking with, and in it's different like, parts it, of different songs. I think he, I think he likes to get into different characters for it too. I think, mm-hmm. you know, he could, he, I would, I could imagine him being like a really great actor if he wanted to. Yeah. You know, but instead, instead well, he wanted to be just a and, ham on stage. Just the pure, just fortitude. When we saw them at the Wiltern, I didn't realize they played 38 songs. 38 <laughs> songs. Yeah, it was, that was one of the longer longer shows that I've seen them do, too. It was. I, mean, I don't think I've ever seen a band play 38 songs. Three hours. Three hours of lean. Yeah. And what drugs were you guys on? Uh, was I, I was pretty sober. Yeah, yeah. Fairly. I did whippets. I did whippets afterwards on on on, on, on uh, Western outside. Uh, you sassy frassy lassie. Uh, we had to we had some lonely Thai food before the show. <laughs> oh my god, it was the worst. Oh my god, y'all are writing a Ween song pre and post show. I like it. Uh, lonely Thai well, food. That's our the, first track, the only... Jordan. <laughs> lonely Thai food into Whippets on Vine or whatever street you said you were on. Wilton. Uh, Whippets on Wilton. Um, <laughs> the only fun fact I could find is is the artist, the 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 guy who did the art on this. I'm glad like, you looked that up too. It's part of the whole thing. I mean, whenever I first heard this album, it was when CDs were a thing. So just like seeing that album cover and then hearing just the the ocean vibes of the whole song is was really cool. Yeah. So Storm Ferguson did like Floyd the the. The guy who did the art, he did like Floyd and Zeppelin and like all of these great covers that you know from like classic rock legend. Dark Side of the Moon. He didn't really work anymore, and they were like, "We didn't have the money." And somebody sent him the songs, and he was like, "I'll do this. I, I'll do. I want to do every poster for this. I want to do every piece of artwork that's associated with this album. I, I don't want to be paid more. Hmm. I just want to do it." Yeah. And he's yeah. like, "You well, guys yeah. are the. You guys are the progeny of, of Zeppelin and Floyd." And they were like. We did it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I found a, a fun fact. Um, I don't know if either of you went to Song Facts and looked at the little quip. No. Oh, I didn't do that. Well, there was just nice. one. There was two sentences, or maybe three. This song is about hallucinogenic drugs and the effect they have on one's perceptions. The singer <laughs> finds himself attracted to an ugly young woman, acu- accusing a midget of starting a war and believing tentacles to be growing in his mind. The lyrics seem random and incoherent because they are. Acid is a drug, <laughs> and drugs make you crazy. <laughs> That's a golf clap for that song, fact. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And speaking of tentacles uh, in your mind, I, I think that that's going to bring us to the vibe time portion of this podcast. So, Jordan, you get one more shot to, to bring us into the vibe in three, two, one. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right, Jordan, it's, it, it's your song. When specifically do you want to hear this? Uh, let's see. Driving while doing a whip it. No, I couldn't do that. That sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the second song on y'all's album. Whip it driving. Driving and dying. You know... I don't know, man. Anytime. I could hear this song anytime and be happy with it. For me, it's listener friendly just because I know them so well. I know it could be off-putting, but for others. But yeah, just chilling, doing whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, this is definitely an alone song. 
or if I like just ate some mushrooms and like I'm sitting on the back uh, back porch looking at the sky, but like just ate mushrooms. Yeah, not, not so you're not even feeling it yet. Not an hour in, not an hour after, but like just ate some mushrooms and I'm like, all right, get ready. <laughs> you know, I, I'm gonna lick my brain in silence here for a little while. I like to listen to the song if I'm introducing people to Ween, but the the full album. I do recommend if anyone listening uh, doesn't know much Ween, this is one of the albums you got to check out. Yeah, it's great. And I do believe, I mean, it's got a fun vibe to it. I'll probably play it for my son one day when he's old enough not to get too scared. <laughs> I would say that's would, a good that's a good starter starter album. Or maybe for Ween. yeah, maybe before he's even old enough to understand. Uh, I think it's uh, <laughs> time to slide under the influence, fellas. I'll I'll get us started on this. So I think this song. For me, when I first heard it, I was like, God, this kind of sounds like it could be an Alice and Jane song. <laughs> the vocals are like, <laughs> this is a stretch. Well, half of this is a stretch. But the vocals are like Modest Mouse, little Modest Mouse in there. And also, the, <laughs> the chorus vocals sound like Kendrick Lamar. I doubt he's ever heard this song. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just going to say for, to, for right now, Kendrick Lamar heard this song and he was like, this is my voice. Oh my god. The chorus, the chorus vocal. <laughs> <laughs> I found my sound. I mean, this probably influenced like Modest Mouse I said, like somebody like Kurt Vile, and that's that's what I got. What do you got, Jordan? Uh, I would say so usually I think of, you know, who who they're influenced by when I think of uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely that like Floyd, definitely Pink Floyd oh, yeah. vibes. Oh yeah. But then there's also this is like, some some gumma shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, Umaguma falls into that like almost 60s psychedelic flower pop feel, and I feel like this this song has that feel to it as well. And then I think we, uh, you know, I mentioned Stone Temple Pilots, and you me- mentioned Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains acoustic, totally. I can I can yeah. do this. Mm-hmm. And coming, I mean, this is '97, so it's not like you know, it's of the '90s. This song is Ex- of the '90s. Exactly. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I heard all kinds of stuff in there. I mean, even like the Moody Blues and Emerson Lake and Palmer oh, with the, like the acoustic the kind 70s of with it. Okay. trippy. Um, certainly Floyd, certainly Zappa. I mean, this is right oh, up yeah. Zappa's alley. All of all of their stuff. Yeah. Um, and you I like know, how th- it sounded like you said this is uh, up Zappa's alley uh, <laughs> when you were saying it's up Zappa's alley. <laughs> <laughs> and just because it is the 90s and it's weird lyrics and I, I think it definitely has um it's like a brother to beck in some ways a lot of stuff Ooh. is mellow gold yeah yeah and and what is that uh what is that song it's so beautiful but the only lyric i can remember is like a giant dildo crushing the sun <laughs> i don't know that if that's a beck the song perfect lyric <laughs> <laughs> the song i was thinking of is uh pay no mind and then one more thing. So, Josh, you mentioned Kendrick Lamar. Um, I definitely had heavy rap vibes in the chorus, but I kept hearing Deltron doing it. Mutilated lips with a kiss on the wrist. Septon <laughs> <laughs> only fresh brine. <laughs> oh, Neil, I wish we had you rapping more often. That's going to be a drop right there. Uh, Tentacles expanding in my... <laughs> Let me let me tell you something. When Neil raps, it's time to uh, to go under the covers. So it works every time. Seventy <laughs> percent of the time, it works all the time. Fifteen percent of the time, Jordan or Neil, did you hear any covers of this song? Uh, no, not really. I heard one on Spotify by Atomic Space Cat, and I uh, I I appreciate the sentiment, but uh, no, hard pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, there, I mean, I don't think there aren't really many covers. There's some amateurs that I've that yeah. I stumbled upon, but nothing. Yeah, I scrolled through YouTube and saw some uh, some young ladies playing it. It was it was cool to hear like just a, a female on a guitar, like their take on it, because it kind of it illuminates the melody even more so. Let me tell you something. I'm not gonna sound any better than Long Beach Short Bus doing this cover. <laughs> All right, I'll... Long Beach Short Bus. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look that up. It sounds like strawberry shortcake, but like S- a trippy strawberry shortcake. If that can be possible, uh, it's a, it's a hard pass. Don't I'm not gonna send it. No one okay. no one deserves to hear that. 
<laughs> the, the mix is so bad. Like the the vocals are so muddy. It's just it's just not good. Yeah. Um, but speaking about muddy, it's Los Angeles in March, and we've had I don't know two and a half months of rain. So with the mud, there are shoes getting damaged, and that brings us to the shoe portion of this podcast. <laughs> so Jordan, it is your song. How does the shoe fit? For mutilated lips. It's been a minute since I've worn these, but uh, I would probably slide into some tie-dye socks and s- slide those puppies right into some nice, uh, comfy Birkenstocks. Oh, I knew you were going to go Bergs. <laughs> Bravo. That's the first tie-dye socks into Bergs we've had here. I like it. And it's, it's perfect. I don't think, chef, you know, it's something I would never, I don't think, I, I wore socks with Birkenstocks in uh, the 90s in high school, and I was like, you know, rocking it's out def- Hesher. It's definitely a socks and Birkenstocks. But they're, back, they're yeah. back now. You know, I got to get me a pair of Bostons, you know. Was that a specific um, type Josh, of Birkenstocks? It's, it's, it's the closed. Oh, uh, okay. Closed toe. I'm wondering if we should do the shoe portion together. Should we? <laughs> I, I don't know. On three? Right. Should we do it on three? And if it's wrong, it's fine. Right. Well, three, two, one. Give me shoes so I can tapsy. <laughs> well, <laughs> but yes, yes. <laughs> mine are mine fit like a pair of like brown tap shoes that are out of tune. Is is was mine. So They're... you can tap all over this big world. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, uh, on that note, Jordan, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for doing this. Can uh, I add one uh, other fun fact about, yes. about this whole yes. about this yes. whole album? Actually, please, um, please do. And I think I sent it to you guys in that uh, like fan reaction video. This album inspired uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh yeah, because Ocean Man is the intro song, right? Yeah. So these guys totally those guys fell in love with Ween. Wow, that, list, that's and we're just huge. like, oh my god. We need to we create a show about underwater creatures because of this album. And I read huh. Ween basically has made like a shit ton of money off of that song. Oh yeah, being yeah. The, the, I was surprised it was so high. It was number one on their Spotify by a long shot. Ocean Man. Ocean Man. Yep. Good for Gene and Dean Ween, and I guess Mean Ween. Although I wish Gene Ween was Mean Gene Ween. Um, <laughs> not to be confused with Dickie and Mickey Moist. <laughs> this song is very moist, I will say. But <laughs> on that note, Jordan, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for doing this. Um, Same here. It's been a blast. Me. Neil? No, I just I must concur. Um, it's been great hanging with you, Jordan. And as lis- uh, listening to the podcast, like yeah, you're just you're very good. You're you're very good hang for these. Perfect. So, awesome good work. Thank you. You're a natty, as they say yeah. <laughs> about beer. Uh, (laughs) so now our cover of (laughs) ween's mutilated lips i lick my brain in silence rather squeeze my head instead midget man provoking violence Listen not to what I said I said please calm it down, 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 down Everything is turning brown, 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 brown Mutilated lips give a kiss on the wrist of the worm like tips Of tentacles expanding in my mind I'm fine expecting Fresh brine, you can take another drop of this. Yeah, you wish. Mutilated lips give a kiss on the wrist of the worm like tips. Tentacles expanding in my mind. I'm fine expecting only fresh brine. You can get another drop of this. Yeah, you wish. Laughing lady, living lover. Sassy, frassy, lassie Find me the skull of Holly Selassie I And give me shoes so I can tapsy 
portals expanding in my mind I'm fine expecting only fresh brine You can get another drop of this Yeah, you wish Expanding in my mind I'm fine expecting only fresh brine You can get another drop of this Yeah, you wish Mutilated lips give a kiss On the lips of the worm-like tips Tentacles expanding in my mind I'm fine expecting only fresh brine You can get another drop of this Yeah, you wish The cover you just heard was performed by Josh Bond. Thanks for listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll 2. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and rate on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to communicate with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at PodGaveRock. You can also contact us via email, the email address being what at PodGaveRock.com. The intro music is always is performed by For the Kings. Next week is Neil's week. So, Neil, what will we be discussing? This week, we're going to dive into Maps by the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Damn, wait! <laughs> <laughs>